Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey peeps, welcome back to another episode and... As you can tell, I have kind of a froggy voice. I just got back from a beautiful trip in Gulf Shores, Alabama. So funny side note story before we get started in our episode is I told my family I was going to Florida because we had to go to Pensacola, Florida airport. Um, What I forgot to tell them is we weren't staying in Florida. We were meeting a group of speakers, shout out to Mary Snyder and the Speaker Network. There was uh, 19 of us women that met in Pensacola and then drove an hour to Gulf Shores, Alabama. I've never been there. It was pretty cool. We went to um, Lulu's, which is Jimmy Buffett's sister's restaurant on Saturday night. That was so much fun. They have, it's like a honky tonk, like it's this big open air restaurant, um, picnic tables. Um, it's enclosed somewhat and somewhat open. So it's just, it's just like a fun place to go. And they have, you know, this guy singing sweet home, sweet home, Alabama, like all the songs and everything. Anyway, we spent the weekend at a beach retreat house, which every morning I got to wake up to the sounds of the ocean and see the ocean from my bedroom window, like right there. It was directly on the beach. So we could walk, you know, 50 steps and we were on the beach. And so that was amazing to wake up to that and just see God's masterpiece of the sky and the ocean. And the beaches are white there, which we don't have that in California. So it was just a different kind of vibe. And, um, I spent a lot of time talking and laughing and singing. And so now (laughs) my voice is going out. I don't know if it's allergies or what, but uh, all that to say, I think it was totally worth it. (laughs) It was just so much fun. We had so much sisterhood and connection and we were able to help each other with different things and we are ready to do it again. So 2025, here we come. We are going to go back next year. Hopefully have a couple other girls join us and we um, pray for us because we found another house that is even bigger than that one. And it is fantastic. We had a three-story house. I was on the second level. I never got to the third because it was a couple other girls' bedrooms and we found a bigger one. And so we're just praying that that one works because that one was, it, it was a beautiful place. But Gulf Streams, Alabama. So um, not during spring break, because I think all the kids go down there and rent those big houses and it's very crazy. But I would highly recommend going there. There's a lot of fun little tchotchke kind of stores and just, it's just a really fun place. So leading into that, I had some really great conversations with some of the women this weekend. And one of the things that stood out to me was uh, some of the moms still had kids at home. A lot of us don't. Some of us were grandmas. Some of us had um, older teenagers or kids in college, but there was a, a, few, a quite a few, a handful 
of moms that were still raising their kids and we were just kind of talking about discipline and things and it made me think about in the in the trauma-informed world and the background that I came from is um, what kind of disciplinarian are you as a mom? It took me back to the way I was raised and also the way I raised my girls. So a couple of uh, questions is, are you a screamer or are you calm? Are you an ignoring mom where you just kind of shut down and you just don't pay attention because it's just too much for you? Or do you plug in? How you grew up can determine certain traits that may need to be broken. I know for me, that became really clear. And the only thing you can do is recognize it and know that it's something that needs to be changed. So um, I want to discuss like what kind of disciplinarian you are and why. Do you tend to scream first and ask later or maybe never ask you just it's your way or the highway do you ignore confrontation because it's so uncomfortable and there's something tied to that from your childhood that you just pretend that it's not happening and you just let your kids run all over the place and you know you're that mom where everyone's like why is she not getting up and taking little Johnny's hand and taking him outside and telling him he can't run through the restaurant which by the way that happened with one of my kids and I swore it would never happen (laughs) And I did take her out. I was like, we're not coming back in here and we are not going out to dinner for two years because you're crazy. <laughs> and do do you just use these excuses of I'm the mom and you have to do what I say and that's the final line because we've heard that kind of disciplinary and I know I have from my mom. It was constantly, if we ever had an idea, a thought in our mind that was opposite of what she had raised us to be it was shut down so fast like we had no say in our house and my mom was a screamer so it just occurred to me when I was having this conversation with some of the moms is that you know it's one of the dysfunctions that we carry on as traits in our family not realizing it and then all of a sudden your kids are grown and you're like I probably could have done that differently but I kind of leaned back towards the dysfunction I was growing up in. So if these are for this episode, 100% if you, if you're a grandma and you have um, a daughter or son and you're like, oh, this is a really great episode, pass it on to the young moms that are raising kids right now because 100%, I just want to tell you, it is hard. And, you know, I laugh because I go, well, I'm not a screamer, but um, then they became teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a couple times where I just lost it, like just lost it. And kids will do that to you. And you have to realize like where that's coming from and why. And yes, they're irritating you, but also like why is the reaction so visceral, right? And so you have to really like plow into that a little bit more and, and decide, do I want to be this kind of mom where then they grow up and they're like, well, I can't talk to my mom about that because she's just going to flip out and then she's not going to listen That's the biggest thing is like, what do you want your kids to remember the kind of communicator you are and disciplinarian? I am going to tell you, I, I think I wrote this in my book, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I did. So one thing that was really, um, stood out to me when I was raising my girls is, you know, I had one spirited one and one calm one. (laughs) 
And everything was great when they were just like, okay, mommy, it's fine, whatever. But I had a spirited child that um, at three years old was battling me, like challenging me. I would tell her, you need to go do this. Why do I need to do that? Why can't I do it this way? And I'm like, you're three. And um, I think I told this story in the book of I was raised by a mom that was um, a screamer, a hitter. My mom, you know, I don't, I don't say my mom spanked us. My mom beat us. She had a barber belt that was, um, if you're watching on YouTube, it's about this wide and about that thick. And she had it. It was a, a barber belt that they used to sharpen the razor blades for the men's shaving. Anyway, so she had this barber belt and she, um, saved it, kept it. And that was our beating when something was wrong. So I know some people got switchblades from out like a tree outside. Some people had, um, hangers, like it was not a good disciplinarian era in the fifties and sixties. Like it was very violent. And not only that, um, she would make us like pull our pants down or dress up or whatever and be bare bottoms. And so it, this thing would leave welts. And so discipline in our house was if you don't toe the line and do exactly what she says, when she says it, you are being defiant and therefore she needs to beat that out of you. Um, not a great place to be in as a kid, but I, I realized then as a child, and you know, we make these secret agreements with the, with ourselves. And I said, I will never do that to my child ever. Like when I become a mom, I am not going to be that kind of mom. And that stuck with me. And so when I became a mom, I was like, okay, here's the deal. Like I'm going to be like the best mom ever. I'm going to, you know, bake the cookies and hug my kids and love on my kids and they're never going to drive me crazy. Like I'm just going to be the perfect mom. But as I said, you know, kids can be obstinate. Kids, kids are spirited. They have their own, um, opinions. They have their own, they're in their own bodies. Like they, they want to do what they want to do and they're not doing it to hurt your feelings. They're just doing it. Cause when you're little, you're selfish. Like it, your world revolves around you. You don't have a network of people yet. Like it's you and your parents and maybe your siblings and that's your world, you know, and maybe teachers when you start school, but before that it's just you. And so I remember, um, my daughter, my challenging daughter (laughs) was asking me, like challenging me with these questions one day. And I was like, I just need you to do this. And, and it started ramping up. And this is what she would do is she would challenge me to a point where I was just like, I wanted to explode on her. My natural reactions wanting to explode on her because it's what I grew up in. And that's where you have to recognize that. So I remember I don't even remember what the argument was, but it started escalating. And I remember grabbing her by her shoulders and we were on the steps and I was like kneeling next to her as she was standing there. And I started to scream at her and I saw her face change. And I felt that I was in her body looking at my mother. I could see her eyes and the fear in it. And I instantly released and I said, you need to go to your room and mommy needs a timeout in her room. 
and we both went to our separate rooms and I just burst out crying. I was like, Lord, you need to show me how to do this parenting thing. Cause the discipline thing, I don't want to be that kind of mom. Like that is not anywhere on my list of where I want to be. And so that took one recognizing it and two finding a place where I could start the motion of changing that. And that became reaching out to other Christian moms, moms that had older kids. I was like, listen, this is what's happening. I had, you know, I was talking to one mom that has six kids and I'm like, well, what am I doing wrong? And she's like, you're not doing anything wrong. Like this is what they do. They challenge you. They're not being mean to you. They're just, this is their world, you know? And that's actually a good thing. It means that they have, you know, a spirited personality. It's just that you have to learn how to tame that a little bit. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to get rid of it because that's a, those are great qualities and that girl's amazing today. And so this dance of like, how do we do this? What kind of a communicator are you with your kids? And so I had to read parenting books and figure out, I had to meet with Christian women and figure it out. And slowly over time, I realized for her, I needed to keep my voice very low and even because the higher I got with my ramping up of excitement of just like, oh, you're irritating me, the more she would get amped up too. And so when I would bring it down, she still got amped up. She would, you know, throw fit and, but then she would always come back and we'd talk about it. And that's the thing is like when the situation settles in, when it's no longer this heated kind of thing, can you actually sit down and say, you know what, honey, I need to explain to you like how this works. (laughs) You know, I'm the parent. When I tell you three times to do this, you have to listen to me. That way we don't have to have these arguments. So do you take the time also to listen to them? Because sometimes they have really good ideas. I remember in high school, there was a couple times where the girls had really good um, arguments for why they wanted to do something. We still kind of said no most of the time, but we listened to them and we were like, okay, that's a great, that's a great suggestion. Maybe next year, but not this year. They would get mad, but that's your job as a parent. You're not there to be a yes person to them, but you're also not there to scream and yell at them and make them feel bad for having an idea. I think, um, what happens is a lot of times, If the kids can't come to you and be honest, that's when the lying starts and then the discipline gets harder and then, you know, everything breaks loose because no one is really being truthful in the things that they're feeling or wanting. Also, sometimes it's just going to be that. Sometimes there just is no solution to it and you have to be okay with that too. It's kind of like when you get in a fight with your husband and you're like, I love you, but I'm going to agree to disagree. And that's just where this is going to end. You don't have to always, I think this is a thing is people think to be successful, you have to agree on all points all the time with everything. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of marriage. Like there's times where I'm just like, I don't agree with you with this, but I love you. And I see where you're coming from. I just don't agree with it. And that's okay. I have a different opinion. We are different people. I don't need a clone. I don't need somebody. I don't need my kids to be little puppets that do everything that they want to do. But when you have a narrative and you have grown up in, you know, major trauma of a screaming parent or, 
or a parent that doesn't connect at all. Maybe you have a parent that was like highly depressive or something, and they just didn't connect with you on any level. They just stayed in their room. They didn't want to be a part of your life. They made you feel less than those things carry over. Even when you say, I never want to be that kind of parent, unless you are getting the help for that, unless you are digging in and saying, Lord, show me what a healthy parent, not a perfect parent, show me what a healthy parent looks like. Then you can begin to do the work. You can find a therapist that can help you. You can surround yourself with other Christian women that are doing it well. Don't follow someone's advice if they're like, well, you just need to beat that child (laughs) or you just need to do that. It's like, it's not ultimatums like that. It's really open communication and also being compassionate about how you are feeling as a parent and being like, listen, I know you want to beat that kid because kids are a lot and they drive you crazy. But here's a different scenario. Here's something else you can do. And maybe that's more on your end of, you know, taking a break, walking away. There was times during teen years where the the girls just wanted to pick a fight, just pick a fight. They're just mad at stuff at school and they come home and they just want to take it out on you. And one day I remember it was just like, pick, pick, pick. I'm in the kitchen. I'm like getting stuff ready. And I looked up and I said, I know you want to fight me right now you want to cause an argument, you're not going to get that from me. So you can sit here and we can have a conversation or you can go in your room. Well, she stomped off to her room, slammed the door. And I was like, great, (laughs) I have peace again. (laughs) And that's kind of, you know, where I'm like, I'm not going to engage in that. Like, that's not how I'm going to raise you. I'm not going to sit here and get in a fight with you just because you're amping up and you want to fight. And then it hurts my feelings. This is the thing is I think we get upset because it's hurting our feelings, but really it's hurting our little girl feelings. We start acting like a child. I see a lot of parents who start acting like a five-year-old with their five-year-old because they can't handle those emotions. And it's like, you have to remember, it's not about you. It's about the emotions that they're feeling right now. And they're just throwing everything on the wall to see what sticks. It's not about you. You don't need to react in the same way. Will they drive you crazy? Yeah. Go hit a pillow in the other room. Go scream in the pillow. Do what you need to do for yourself. Don't do that in front of your kids. Don't react the way they want you to out of rage because that serves no purpose. And then as they get older, they're not going to trust you with situations that they want to have a conversation with you with because they're like, my mom's going to explode if I tell her this. It's like, if you can be the kind of parent They can actually sit and have conversations with your adult children. That's when you know, okay, I think we're good. Also, they're going to trust you with their children because they're going to know, well, if I leave them with grandma and grandpa, they're just going to pour love into them. They're not going to discipline them. They're not going to tell them, well, we do it this way and this is how you have to do it. Communicate, communicate, communicate. You have to do this. You have to dig into the hard stuff. We have been raised the wrong way. We have been raised in a way that relatives have told us, parents tell us, siblings tell us, like, this is the way we're raised. This is how we have to do it. You have to unwind that and say, that is not the way I'm going to do it. I raised my children so differently and I didn't do it perfectly. And I still go back and apologize for some of the things that just habits and things that I did where I'm like, Ugh, I kind of messed that up. They always come back with, yeah, you did. You did, and this is how I felt, 
that's a knife to the heart. But also they say, you know what, mom, you are a really good mom. And then I'm like, I think we're okay. So not to make excuses. Don't try to get the compliments when they're not warranted. You you don't go to them and say, I was a good mom, right? Was I a good mom? <laughs> no, you know, just talk about experiences, see how you can change. And also you can do this in adult years. If there are things where there's still this kind of mistrust because there was a lot of a lot of anxiety, a lot of like screaming, a lot of just a lot going on in your home when they're growing up. If they're in the middle of that, change it now. Sit them down and tell them, we're going to do this differently. We need to communicate better. And it's going to start with me. I'm not going to react the way. Sometimes you just got to take a pause. You're like, I want to scream at this kid right now. I'm going to take a pause. Just take a pause and, and let them know. If you can't talk about it right now, just say, I'm going to need like an hour to process this because this is a lot for me and I don't want to get mad at you. That's okay. And that's really honest. And I think your kids will appreciate that when they're older, they're going to know. I can talk to my mom about these situations. I may not agree with everything that she's saying, but I just kind of want to bounce an idea off of there. Why? Because they trust you and they know you have a good heart and an open heart that is able to sit with their feelings and not pour into your own stuff onto them as truth, but just sit and listen. That's when you know you've become a good disciplinarian for your kids because you're also able to listen to your kids. And last of all, just give yourself grace. Like things change all the time. New stuff comes out all the time. New parenting ideas come out all the time. But one thing remains the same, and that is the love for your kids and willing to be an open heart and listening with your ears and less with your mouth and being able to just love your children where they are and know that all of this is really hard and you are doing such a good job. For all you young moms out there, I'm so proud of you and being in this journey because it is hard. So if somebody hasn't told you that, I'm here in solidarity to tell you, yes, girl, it is hard. You're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. You're going to have hard days. But just remember to stop and figure out the situation before you react and you're going to be fine and you're going to raise these beautiful children that will grow up to be adults that will trust their mama with all their heart because that is the place where God wanted you guys to be because God loves families and guys, we need more than ever to fight for families and the structure of families and the bonding of families more than ever. So let's be cognizant of that and let's just really fight that good fight. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Leave me a comment if this resonated with you. Um, leave a comment if there's something you want to talk about. I love to um, dig into some different topics. And until next time, hopefully with a better voice, <laughs> I will see you guys later. Bye, peeps. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. 
All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.